0: Michael Tuck, and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. My message is entitled, it has two titles. One is Pressing On with Our Witness. And the other is, The Naked Church. Uh, you'll get the point later on in the message. A folk tale by Hans Christian Andersen, entitled The Emperor Has No Clothes, was written in 1837, had, was translated into 100 languages. As the story goes, the emperor was very vain and conceited and proud about everything he had. And he had uh, huge wardrobes and he was changing his clothes regularly and showing them off. And so his tailors who made many of his clothes decided they would make him the most wonderful uh, outfit possible that was invisible. And so they made it and he came and. They put it on him and and he looked in the mirror and they said, said, isn't it beautiful? And he says, oh yeah, that's amazing. That's a wonderful suit of clothes. Thank you very much. And uh, so they decided they would parade him around the town. So he was taken by his tailors and paraded all over the town in his invisible clothes. And I guess he had long johns on or something underneath. I don't know what they saw, but uh, hopefully he at least had something on. But anyway, isn't that a stupid story? It's totally stupid, ridiculous. Well, I think there's a parallel to the king and many of our present day churches today. I think that Satan has done his best to a con job on our churches, as the emperor's tailor did to him, deceiving him and letting him think that he had everything great. And many, many churches think the same about themselves and they're deceived by Satan, thinking that they're well-dressed and having gorgeous buildings, elaborate facilities, showy performances, while many churches are as naked as the emperor in that story. And yet most of them don't know it, do they? All these churches have quite elaborate performances and outward shows, but it's so sad that many of them are replicas of the church at Laodicea. Revelation chapter three, we're told about that church. And the angel says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth because you think of yourself and say, well, I'm rich and I'm prosperous and I've grown wealthy. I have need of nothing. I'm self-sufficient, I'm adequate within myself. But you don't know that you're poor and blind, miserable and naked. And the angel continues speaking, I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been refined by fire so that you may become rich, truly rich, and buy from me white clothes of righteousness and clothes of yourselves so that your shame of your nakedness will not be seen. And remember, when we're spiritually naked, we don't always know it, do we? Amen. We look in the mirror and think, oh, I'm all dressed up good, also buy from me healing salve so your eyes may see. The angel continues then and says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. Listen, church, if you feel a discipline or or attack from the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and he says, hey, you need to dress up, Put on some spiritual clothes. Keep in mind that he does that because he loves you. He disciplines and rebukes those that he loves. So be enthusiastic, the angel said, and repent. Seek God and He will for you, and His will for your life and for your church. Wow, that's quite a powerful indictment and a perfect example of many present-day churches. It's so tragic that churches can produce flashy and glowing and presentations and highly organized performances and programs like right out of Nashville, right? But they have no spiritual power or the sense of God's presence upon their ministry. So sad. Listen carefully. It will only be by the grace and mercy of God that our church will never fall into this deceitful trap of Satan and become spiritually naked like so many other churches have. And we know of some, I'm sure you know of some. Over the years and throughout our history, our church has experienced many great victories and blessings, but we must not rely upon our past and become spiritually lazy or slack or lay down on the job. We must keep pressing on in 2022, we don't wanna become a church that thinks we're well off and that we have everything or that we have reached our pinnacle of success, but are actually poor, miserable and blind and naked. For your interest, I'm going to share some historical sites about our church this morning in our past, which will take a little bit of a review. For those who are watching, perhaps that don't know much about the church, this might not be exciting to you to hear, but this is exciting to this church. Bacon's Castle Baptist Church has a rich heritage. We were founded in 1884. Undoubtedly, from its very beginning, our people and leaders aimed to press forward every year and sought to improve spiritually and reach new goals for God's glory. I'm sure they did. I feel certain that from our inception, we had a genuine concern for lost souls and a desire to share the gospel at every possible opportunity. Any church that grows and remains relevant must witness must share the gospel and must win the loss to Christ. Certainly that's one of the main purposes of our existence. There are others, and we'll mention those later, but that's one of the main, and that's one of the main things that many, many churches have shoved to the side and forgot about. As our church pressed forward in 1881, a major Surrey County program promoted Sunday school And a revival was held about a half a mile from here, from this location. I don't know what direction or where it was. Maybe some of you uh, might remember if you were around back then. (laughs) Large numbers attended these meetings, which lasted for 10 days. 28 people made professions of faith and were baptized in the ever flowing baptistry, the James River. 28 people, my, my, wouldn't it be awesome to once again experience such wonderful revivals? Wouldn't it be worth it? to See many lost souls repent, be saved, and be baptized and follow the Lord. Perhaps one thing that happens uh, to keep us from these revivals to take place Today is our unwillingness to cooperate with other good churches and genuine believers to see lost souls come to Christ. There's still the spiritual gift of evangelism, which most churches today don't seem to acknowledge and are not utilizing. Sadly, many don't even consider having an evangelist in their pulpit to stir them up and wake them out of their lethargy as all good churches of the past always used to do. I remember as a kid, the churches I was in, looking forward to the revival meeting that was announced three and six months down the road. And I remember as a young child and then a teenager, quite often walking the aisle, kneeling on the platform and the pews, going back with the... Uh, Inquiries in the room and getting on my knees and asking God to just help me to honor him and to serve him and that I wanted to be his child and servant and obey him and asking forgiveness for any sin in my life. I remember that that happened during the revival meetings. We know that God's will for our church and every church has always been to reach out to the lost, make disciples in all places, in all generations. We dare not resemble the socially exclusive club that is cliquish and shows love only for each other. Oh, it's wonderful. There's love here in this congregation for sure, but we dare not just quit there because God wants us to reach out. We must continually focus on the lost as the early church did when it shared boldly the word of God from house to house, witnessing of their faith in Christ. Someone says, well, we can't go house to house now. (laughs) Well, you can go wherever the lost people are, to work, where you're at, to the store, and you can actually go to your neighbor. You can knock on some doors if you have that vision. Although the economy in the state was very poor in the late 1800s, $3,000 came in to build our first house of worship, $3,000. According to our church's first records in 1886, there were 41 members. The pastor's salary was $150 per year. I think you're overpaid, brother. (laughs) and the total expenses of the church were 500 with an offering of 650 dollars that year during those days many pastors were itinerant riding horseback or in their buggies i was looking for pastor jimmy's buggy but i didn't see it (laughs) going from church to church and house to house pastoring as many as three or four churches and often Many of their physical needs and provisions came in the form of chickens, hams, eggs, milk, apples, meals, and a bed, pillow to lay their head on. (laughs) I'll have to admit that I would have enjoyed that traveling ministry lifestyle. Of course, that would have taken a special kind of godly pioneering woman to be a wife to a traveling minister, wouldn't it? In 1890, our church changed its original name from Second Baptist Church of Surrey to Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. In 1891, our church membership was up to 106 people, and one would imagine that most of these families and individuals regularly attended two or three services on a weekly basis, because that's just the way it was. They gathered at the church regularly, and. One of those services was certainly a long prayer meeting where people were undoubtedly on their knees pleading and asking God to help and empower the pastor or preacher that week and help them to reach lost souls. In 1907, our church enjoyed financial and numerical prosperity. There was an increase of outreach, visitation, witnessing, and our church was sponsoring another mission church and a growing Sunday school. In 1908, a parsonage was built for $2,000, and the church membership was up to 245 members. By 1910, our church progressed in Sunday school work, and the teachers all seemed to seek and pray for the conversion of their students. In other words, they desired to win the souls of their students to Christ. Isn't that one of the main purposes of teaching them as well? This spirit of missions and soul winning was on this increase and the church's spiritual condition seemed to be excellent. Contributions were good that year, exceeding $2,000. As a church, there's always been members who have prayed for the lost and have faithfully witnessed to and led others to Christ. Thank God for those believers who have been faithful at soul winning until this day in this church. In 1914, our church had the best year numerically in its 30 year history. There were 23 baptisms and membership passed the 300 mark. This rapid growth of our church was a result of strong and godly preaching from the pulpit. We know that, that had to be. And the faithful witness of God's people to their neighbors and the community. And that had to be too. In 1943, when our country was at war, our church knew the power of God's word and the importance of scripture distribution. So we voted to send Bibles to the young men in military service. We were convicted that God's word and convinced was important and powerful that many military personnel would accept Christ after reading God's word. In other words, we knew that God's word, as Isaiah 55:11 says, would never return void. You give it out and it won't return void. During the same time, the Gideon's International Organization was also providing thousands of Bibles to our military troops. In 1950, new pews and new electric organ was purchased. On October 19th, 1959, our church celebrated its 75th anniversary. In 1983, air conditioning was installed and this made the worship services more comfortable during the summer months. Before this, many of us remember using paper fans on a stick that were always in the pew in the song racks um, in front of us. These were usually donated by the funeral home down the road. Our church's history was read in the following way on the 100th anniversary, and I quote what they said. Now, as we come to the 100th anniversary of our church, this small group of century old has become a full grown and well-organized church of today. We've given our sons and daughters in the service of our country and supported our mission work both at home and abroad. The church history continues to read, and I quote, to all who have shared in the 100th anniversary, may there be a dedication and a continued effort to build God's kingdom, strengthen his church and influence our community. That was their goal. As we look back, we can see that during our 100th anniversary, our church leaders were pressing forward toward greater spiritual victories and successes in the future. Even as today, we're pressing forward that 2022 might even be better and bigger spiritually and may be pleasing to the Lord. At that juncture in our history, we have to believe that our church had effect even well attended prayer meetings they had to because prayer changes things and God uses the prayer of God's people and regular soul winning experience of going from house to house, sharing the gospel with many lost in the area. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but many of you have been in churches past years where they've regularly canvassed and gone door to door and handed out Christian literature and witnessed to people and won people to souls to the Lord. It's members witnessed for Christ, I'm sure, openly carrying their Bibles and shared their faith from door to door. We know that this is true because this was the tone and practice of most all good churches during those days, carrying their Bible and witnessing door-to-door. Since BCBC conception, over 20 pastors have served here, and more than eight have been regular pulpit supplies. And during that time, 42 deacons have served during the life of our church. And as many as you know, in the year 1987, Jimmy and Ann Acri agreed to serve as our pastor they have been here now for over 34 years. Through Pastor Jimmy's spirit-led leadership, God has given us growth in membership, facilities, biblical teaching, children's programs, and other spirit-filled efforts. Thank God we're still pressing forward in 2022. Isn't that exciting? Our church history suggests that these pastors and deacons lived openly godly lives and were not ashamed to witness and share their faith with those in the community. For the fun and interest of it, I looked at our church website and saw some recent comments about our church. Here are some comments and I'm going to quote them to you. At BCBC, you'll hear the truth of the word of God taught by compassionate people who love the Lord. And another quote, our pastor is one of the best preachers I've had the blessing of listening to. He knows God's word, his heart is in line with the Lord's and he's focused on reaching out to our community. My family and I are blessed to call the people of this church, our family. (laughs) Isn't that great? Family. Bacon's Castle Church is very welcoming and non-judgmental. Attending Bacon's Castle Baptist Church is a wonderful experience. And then someone else, this is our home church. It's grounded in the gospel and our church family strives to honor God and to love others and to make disciples. And then another quote, we have the most child-friendly church that I've ever experienced. Through highs and lows, we encourage each other in our Christian walk. Thank you. We appreciate you guys and are excited that you're a part of our family. As you know, our message theme for this month has been pressing on in 2022. And I, and this is supported by Paul's words in Philippians, you remember, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, where he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto those things which are before, and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is encouraging us to forget the past, to not live in the past, and to reach forward, to press on in the future. This should be every Christian's goal and certainly the overall goal of our church, to not rest on the laurels of our past, but to leave them in the past and press on, press forward for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which certainly involves getting to know Christ more intimately and making him known to others everywhere. This forgetting the past and reaching forward will take a personal commitment and a specific effort on our part. We'll need to always seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to always allow God first place in our lives and always set new goals and plateaus to reach and always seek to honor God in all we do. To be successful at forgetting the past and reaching forward to the future, we must not just live of the Christian life, four to five hours on Sunday. But we must live for Christ 24 seven. How about you? Are you really ready to do that? Living for the Lord 24 seven. In first Samuel chapter 24 verse 30, Eli, God tells Eli that those who honor me, I will honor. Here, God promises to honor those who honor him, and it follows that a church which honors God will also be blessed by God. And certainly, as we faithfully continue teaching and preaching God's word, telling others about God's salvation, this would be honoring the Lord. It's also true today that as we seek to honor him and put him first in our lives and in our homes and in our church, God will honor and bless us. Do you want blessing upon your life and upon your family and upon your grandchildren, upon your church, then honor God, honor God. Isn't it amazing what frivolous things we seem to continually focus on? So much in our lives that seem to be necessities often occupy our thoughts, our time, our passion, and our energy. Of course, we need shelter and clothing, food and transportation. But why do we spend an abnormal amount of time in our lives focusing upon the things that are temporal and not eternal? A wall plaque that was in our home as I grew up greatly influenced my life as I walked by it and probably read it about every day of my life said only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Think about that again. Only only one life, it will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ is going to last. That statement is so powerful. To a godly believer, all ground is holy ground and every bush is a burning bush. There's no difference between the secular and the sacred to a believer. All we do, we do because we want to honor and glorify God. That should be our heart's desire. Of course, living a truly godly life is considered radical and extreme in this world. And sadly, even to some, some professing Christians. But if we desire and plan to press forward in 2022, we must desire and plan to live this kind of a radical Christian life. As we look back in history, we thank God for all those who have been faithful throughout the 138 years of life of our church. We thank God for everything that's been accomplished throughout these years, but as we look around and observe so many other churches that started well, it's obvious that many haven't continued well, and others are dying. Sadly, many seem to have lost their spiritual fervor and energy. Many have become discouraged and given up and closed their doors. Even some have become apostate and have turned from the truth. I'm afraid that if the Holy Spirit showed up at some churches today, the ushers would hand him a visitor's card. If I would ask a show of hands for all who would want our church to become like the Laodicean church, I'm sure that not one single hand would be raised. But if we as a church don't stay alert Pressing forward in 2022, if we don't pray earnestly, if we don't witness earnestly, daily exhort one another and put on righteous robes to cover our nakedness, we too will slip into complacency and even possibly apostasy as many denominational groups have today and thousands of churches have. The word of God, has not lost its power, has it? The preaching of the cross is to those who perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Saving and serving faith comes by hearing and obeying the word of God, and we're born again by the word of God. The word is pure and true, and it gives wisdom and understanding to the hearer and to the doer. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's our offensive weapon to use to defeat our spiritual enemies. It's a hammer that breaks a stony heart. It's a fire that kindles spiritual activity. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our pathway. We must continue to teach and preach its truths clearly without fear and without apology. Sadly, many so-called preachers have quit preaching repentance from sin, forgiveness and salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and have denied by neglect and failure in their messages to the power and working of God's Holy Spirit. They now preach a watered down, deluded and deceitful gospel. The marquees of many churches should read this way. Join our club. We accept all views and opinions. We make the message we preach palatable to all. You may believe whatever you want and feel at home here. We hold to no absolutes. All truth is relative and subjective. Your lifestyle makes no difference. The account of Sodom and Gomorrah and God's judgment on such wickedness and perversion is just old-fashioned. Our God is all-inclusive, they might say. God of love, similar to the sensuality that took place at Woodstock. These apostate churches will say, we accept you, naked as you are, and we allow you to remain that way. They say, our God and our church delights in change, bring us your worldly, deliberate mindset, degenerate, and the philosophies and help us to become fresh, new, and relevant to our times and to this age of much heresy. Nothing is new under sun and the wickedness and the attacks of Satan are still sly. We at BBCB must uh, be must continue to be shocked at such apostasy. We must remember the danger and the warning of removing the old landmarks. And it's good for us to remember that God doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's moral absolutes, standards, and laws never change. They are like God's commandments forever set in stone. Remember, God's ancient ways and landmarks are always better than any new ideas and views that our human depravity can imagine or dream up. We at Bacon's Castle Church must certainly understand this and have no other desire or goal than to follow God's ways clearly set forth in his word. Paul challenged the believers in Corinth. He said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always doing your best, always being aware that your work in the Lord is not futile or wasted or in vain. So be steadfast, stand firm, and abound in God's work. Jeremiah 31:16 promises that your work shall be rewarded. Never give up. Never quit. At Bacon's Castle Baptist Church, we must not fall asleep spiritually and become lazy. Satan is busy 24 7, and he continually wants to trip us up, sidetrack us, cause us to take our eyes off of our purpose for existence. Satan attacks us, causing us to stagger, procrastinate, and just fiddle around and fool around, wasting our time. He tries to make us feel proud. like we've arrived and have no need to press forward to accomplish more in the future. He seeks to unclothe us and make us spiritually naked. He wants us to be at ease in Zion and remain asleep. Satan will do his best to keep us from sharing God's good news with our neighbors, with our co-workers, those we meet along our pathway and with the world. Some years ago, one of our Gideon wives gave a challenge to the Gideon ladies auxiliary. These are the ladies who are married to Gideon men, the auxiliary. This lady began her message by saying, ladies, don't ever go out naked. As you might surmise, the ladies were quite shocked and surprised, but what she was actually saying is, don't go anywhere unarmed without God's word. In other words, always be ready to give an answer to everyone that asks you of the reason that's in you with hope and fear and respect. As most of you know, the Gideons are an organization that provides and gives out millions of Bibles and New Testaments. Every year, they give out small Testaments like this, which are called PWTs personal witness testaments. In 2021, the Gideon's reached 2 billion Bibles given out and distributed since the beginning of its existence. 2 billion is two with nine zeros behind it. Or another way of looking at it is 1,000 million Bibles. What this lady was referring to was don't go out naked without a personal worker's testament. You know, it's rather impressive that one of Sue's requirements before she would consider marrying me was that I become a Gideon. (laughs) And now I know why, because the Gideons have one of the best ways of winning souls to Christ that I've ever seen. Gideon members win thousands of souls to Christ on an annual basis. For years, I've been involved in Christian work. I've traveled in evangelism, pastored three churches, worked with youth of all ages, directed three Christian camps. During all these ministries, I've always concerned and been diligent about witnessing and winning souls to Christ. I've had been attending and taught soul winning conferences and read many books about witnessing. Some of you perhaps have too. I've knocked on doors and witnessed from house to house in many homes. I've won young people to Christ in my old Volkswagen bus and on a Greyhound bus trip. I've won souls to Christ on bike hikes at a church altar and around campfires and on buses and airplanes. But after joining the Gideons, I discovered and learned a new way to share the gospel, which others anywhere that's with others, anywhere that's very effective, even with strangers. It's still a good news of Jesus Christ, but very effective and never a way to, and a newer way to present it. And after I share this message with you today briefly I hope that none of you will ever go out naked again. Every time I leave our home, I take two of these PWTs, personal workers' testaments, in my back pocket, with the intention of sharing them to someone along the way. And I'm wrapping things up here. I share them with greeters, cashiers, salespeople, customers, gas stations, McDonald's, Walmart, Dollar General, 7-Eleven and so on. In fact, Sue and I always carry a supply of these in our cars. It's so easy to witness this way. Just start out by saying something like this. I, uh, have you ever heard about the Gideons or I have a small gift for you I'd like to give you. It's a Testament and it has in the front uh, a lot of answers to needs and problems. And these are some of the needs and problems that it'll answer from the scripture and show you where to go, abortion addiction, being afraid, bitter, critical, death, uh, sickness, and sorrow, and laziness, and lust, and so many other things, depression. It has answers for that. And then in the back, we call it the GPS. It's God's simple plan of salvation. Have you ever heard about the plan of salvation? Have you ever thought about that for your own life? You would share with them maybe? And when they answer, you pause and wait, you can tell where to go from then in the conversation. And quite often, at this point, you might just say, uh, don't you have something I would would be willing to pray for you with? And uh, if they answer, yes, there's something I'd like for you to pray with, then Uh, This will give you an opportunity and opening to see what perhaps their needs are in their life. So that none of you will need to go out naked today. Sue and I have made free testaments available to every adult on the table in the Welcome Center. Please take two or three of them and give them out with a word of witness wherever you go. This week you can do that. You will discover as I have that giving out a Testament makes witnessing so easy, enjoyable, and rewarding. You can always hand one of these free gifts to someone. Even if you don't get to say something to them, the word of God is quick and powerful and it will not return void. Sue and I will provide all the Testaments you can use and also show you how you can personally acquire them. If you ever have questions about what I've shared, please feel free to speak to Sue and I about it. Of course, as a testimony and a testament for the, in behalf of the church, it might be good to place a BCBC contact card inside each testament. Giving out God's word to those we meet is a great way to not live as a non-productive and naked Christian. This is an easy way to share God's word throughout the day. And during this season in our church, we should ask ourselves, am I in the crowd that's half asleep or am I wide awake? Am I loafing and naked as a believer or do I have a righteous life? Am I clothed with all of God's armor? What am I doing to help build and advance the kingdom of God and the ministry and outreach of my church? Am I sharing Christ with others? When I stand before God, will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? And if he says that, why would he say that to you? And athletic teams give extra time and effort to exercise and practice until they hurt and are exhausted. They study their playbooks backwards and forwards, hour upon hour, memorizing plays and moves in order to defeat their opponents. Shouldn't we as believers also practice? and study God's word, work extra hours to win our spiritual battles over Satan? Shouldn't we seek to give the gospel to others on a daily basis as opportunity becomes available? One of Sue's professors in Bible college often said, the key to witnessing is in looking for and recognizing opportunities. When we as believers finally realize that we are God's witnesses and we are supposed to be, And when we lose our timidity and fear of the world, we'll go through life with our eyes wide open, looking for opportunities to witness and share. We shouldn't expect and wait for the world to come to us and say, would you tell us about Jesus? And and can you tell me about salvation? Because most of the time they won't do that. Remember, if we are desirous to witness, we must not go out naked we must be prepared with testaments or tracts or literature and effective uh, uh, materials to share with others. An old song said it well in these words, must I carry, be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? No, I must fight if I would win. Increase my courage, Lord, I'll bear the toil, endure the pain supported by thy word. Forgetting those things that are behind, we press toward the mark for the prize. In order to press forward in 2022, we need to follow the Apostle Paul's advice in Philippians 3, which we've already studied, I'm sure, during these weeks. Forget those things, even the many advances and victories of the past, and reach out for those things that are before us, press toward the mark for the prize. Pressing on isn't for sissies, it's for the brave and the strong and the courageous. Pressing on, moving forward, toward the greater requires spiritual eyesight and a godly vision. To press forward, one needs strong faith and trust in God's power and provisions. Isaiah reminded us, in chapter 40, verse 31, that even the youth will faint and the young people will fall and fail. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall not be, uh, they will not fall or fail. Zephaniah said, do not fear. Do not let your hands be slack or hang limp. And as God reminded Joshua Following the death of Moses, be strong and courageous. Obey all that Moses had told you, and you will be successful wherever you go. As God has blessed and has been with our forefathers in this church, he will also bless and be with us today and in the future as we remain strong and courageous and faithful to his word and to the ministry. As individuals and as a church, our success and greater future is determined by our faithfulness and obedience to God's word and to God's will. Let's keep pressing on. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. In Romans 12, 11, Paul exhorts us to not be slothful, but be zealous and fervent, serving our Lord. So let me conclude with the words of a great song by the White Sisters Trio that I uh, must have listened to a hundred times when I was a teenager. It's not an easy road, we're traveling together. For many other thorns on the way, it's not an easy road, but the Savior is with us. He's always with us every day it's not an easy road there are trials and troubles and many other dangers we meet but jesus guards and keeps us so nothing can harm us and smooths the rugged path for our feet no no it's not an easy road but jesus walks beside me and brightens a journey and lightens every heavy load the poet edgar guest wrote this poem entitled don't quit when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. You never can tell how close you are, it may be near when it seems so far, so stick to the fight when your hardest hit, it's when things seem worse you must not quit. For all the sad words of the tongue and pain, the saddest words of these, it might have been. I hope we don't look back and think, well, it might have been. So Bacon's Castle Baptist Church, don't give up, don't quit. Hebrews 6.10, God will not forget our labor of love. Are you laboring for your love for the Lord? First Corinthians first Colossians 3 in Colossians 3 verse 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, for the Lord will reward you. Think of that when we work, we're actually serving our Lord Jesus Christ. We would never lose sight and purpose of the objective of our work and for the original establishment of our church. Our church isn't a political organization, although we should all be all active in the affairs of the community as Daniel was and, and uh, uh, Babylon and Esther and Mordecai were in Persia, you remember. Our church isn't basically a social organization, although as brothers and sisters, we're going to get together and socialize a lot. We're not just a place of weddings and festivity, festivity, Uh, activities, although these are wonderful occasions to come together and enjoy. And certainly the church should recognize them. but But a purpose of our church is to faithfully teach and preach God's word to win souls to Christ and to disciple and build up God's people in the most holy faith. Our church is also the proper place to honor loved ones who have gone on before and been promoted to heaven remembering that the death of the saints is special time of victory and promotion. Let's press on together in 2022. Let's keep running the race that God has told us about in Hebrews 12, speaking about the race, seeing that we are compassed about with so many clouds, such a quiet, great cloud of witnesses, let us run the race as set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As we wrap up our thoughts, let's think of one of ch- the, the challenging words from a great song. May all who come behind us find us faithful. That'll be up on the screen for you. The words of this challenging song are there for all of us to see. Think of the words. We are pilgrims of a journey, on a journey of a narrow way, and those who've gone before us line the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. After all our hopes and dreams are come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, what a powerful thought. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we all must find. Would every one of you please read with me together the words of this course as it's on the screen, I believe. Yes, let's read it together, please. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. I suppose that one of the most wonderful and rewarding things that could happen to a person is to hear his or her children say what my seven children wrote to me in front of my new Bible they gave me on Christmas 1991, and I have it sitting here. They wrote this verse, 3 John verse four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Then they wrote, Dad, you have led the way. Thank you. We love you. And all of my seven children signed it. To be very plain with you, my first wife, Joy, was a very godly lady, as my precious Sue is also. And Joy's impact and influence on our children, along with her hours of teaching and training them in God's word had a great deal to do with their salvation their active service, and also their continued walk with Christ. You may remember our brother who spoke to us last Sunday, sharing his experience of walking in the cemetery, looking at the names on the stones, thinking about and remembering the good and godly legacy of many of them that were left behind. Then he thought, as I have thought, What will those who look at my tombstone and read my name remember about me? Will they say, Faithful? Someday others will stand and look at your gravestone. What will they think and remember about you? Oh God, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Let's press on in 2022 and be found faithful in our witness. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, thank you for your mercy and your faithfulness to us. You've never failed us. You've always been there for us. You provide for us. You've met basically our every need, Lord. And we thank you for our salvation, of course, most of all. Thank you for Christian friends in this wonderful church that we can be a part of fellowship together. As your heads and hearts remain bowed before God and we think about being faithful and pressing forward in 2022, let me encourage all of us whose heart God has stirred to continue carrying the torch for God in the race of life that he set before us in 2022. I'm standing before you as one who wants to honor God and give him my best this coming year. Can you personally repeat the words of this song in your heart as your prayer to God this morning? Think with me as your head's still bowed and pray this prayer in your heart to God. Let's pray. Lord, may all who come behind me find me faithful. And Lord, may the fire of my devotion light their way. May the footprints that I leave lead them to believe and the life I live inspire them to obey. Oh Lord, May all who come behind me find me faithful. Lord, I know I can't do this in my own strength, but please, Lord, help me to remain faithful. If that's your prayer to God today, please confirm your promise to him by quietly standing to your feet. By standing, you're telling God that he can count on your faithful love and service this year If that's your desire to give God your best in 2022, then please stand on your feet where you are. Lord, thank you for those who are able to stand and also for those who are standing in their heart. Lord, you know the sincerity and the desire of our hearts, especially bless and give spiritual courage to all who are wholeheartedly offering themselves to you today. Again, Lord, we pray that all who come behind us will find us faithful. Lord, we want to be faithful in Jesus' name and for his honor and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for your patience, the privilege of being here. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at Bacon'sCastle.com. Also, check out our website at Bacon'sCastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing locally here in Surrey. Be blessed.